You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. I think that's where sometimes people get hung up, that He chose you. You know, receiving that first and and really holding on to that truth that He chose me. He chose me. So many times people are struggling with their self-worth or who they are. And if we can't really grab a hold of that and ask God to help it take root in us, then it, it is so easy to be swayed. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, kicking off a new year and a new series with some good friends. <laughs> Not new friends, but good friends. Joined here by two special guests. First, we have Lead Pastor Jose Avaro with new us. Year, Jose Taylor. Happy and New Rhonda. Year. <laughs> and he gave it away. Joined by our second special guest, Rhonda Patterson. Rhonda, thank Great you for to being be here. here. Yes. Well, Jose, you kicked off a new series, and we're going to unpack a lot of that today. I'd love for you to get your Love for you to share your thoughts on just kind of what went into mm-hmm. preparing for the series as a whole, just this idea of uncorrect, incorruptible love going through the book of yeah, Ephesians. Yeah, that incorruptible, uncorruptible, need to, need to make sure. I think I got it wrong a couple of times on Sunday, but it is incorruptible love that Paul is closing out this letter to the church in Ephesus. So it's the book of Ephesians, and it's the last verse that he says, uh, grace and peace— Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. And again, this tension of looking at my love for Jesus, and I wouldn't define it as incorruptible. In fact, I would say that my love for Jesus is often corrupted by either a life circumstance or polluted by the world or polluted by my own uh, distractions, busyness, uh, even mistakes sometimes. Uh, I, that, those are things that block my love for Jesus. So it, it really took my breath away when I realized that this whole book is is teaching us how to love Jesus with an incorruptible love by the way that um, chapters one through three teach us about God's love for us, and then four through six, how we are called to love one another. And those are disciplines and realities that then will form this incorruptible love for Jesus in us. So that's where we're going. That's what the series is about. That's the thesis. And uh, yeah, it's exciting that we're doing this in a new year. Yes, ready and excited to jump in. Uh, the first week, before we get into that, uh, looking at the first uh, chapter of Ephesians, first passage here, Ron, I'd love to get your thoughts on just this concept of incorruptible love and what do you think that kind of looks like in your own life? And then just mm-hmm. even as we uh, jump into this series, kind of the posture that maybe we should have as we enter into this, this book together. Well, I love that first chapter of Ephesians because it just helps me to really grab a hold of who I am, you know, in Christ and and how uh, all the the benefits of knowing Him and serving Him and loving Him and and um, and just who I am in Him and it builds me up, which encourages me in my love for Him and so I love that chapter and um, yeah I. I was telling Taylor before we started, and so he told me to hold it. But <laughs> as Jose was speaking about incorruptible love, I mean, I actually looked it up yeah. and just to want to really grab a hold of it. And just a couple of things that it talked about was, um, you know, that uh, it dissolves, disintegrates, decays if something corrupts, yeah, I mean, you know. And so putting those words to kind of my walk, and you just shared that, how we can be so distracted and mm-hmm. and just led different 
pass, and yet God's love is always incorruptible for us. It's always right there and just for us to turn back to. And so that gives me peace and uh, encouragement when I do fail or slip is that he's just right there. Yeah. So why do we, I think about when it's a new year, it's a lot of time to reflect and maybe think about, okay, what's maybe one thing? Some people may have 10, but for me, it's like, okay, what is one thing this year I can work on Mm -hmm. and do better? And so with just even this concept, why is having incorruptible love so important? Like, why is that something that we should focus on and really even take just the next few months to really unpack what this looks like? Like, what is mm-hmm. what impact does that have both personally, but even as a church as a whole, as, as we look at this together? I love how the Bible speaks these timeless truths that withstand the time, the, you know, the times, culture. I mean, it speaks to every culture that has ever existed from east to west, you know, you think about the culture that may be more foreign to us, maybe uh, a culture in Asia mm-hmm. or uh, a culture, a tribal culture in Africa, or, um, you know, just a European culture is pretty different than our American culture. And yet this word is true for every single person. And so that that's incorruptible. That's the mm-hmm. that's the incorruptible part of God's word, of, mm-hmm. of the love of God. And, and so, you know, in this time where we have more information coming at us than any other time in history, uh, this medium, for example, podcast, this is one of mm-hmm. millions and millions of podcasts that mm-hmm. are available mm-hmm. to us. And the reason why we're doing this is because we want to resource uh, our body, our church, uh, to have these conversations so that we could have conversations like this with our community groups and our mm-hmm. friends and, and families, etc. cetera. Um, and if we are not focusing on God's word, then we're gonna allow all of those other messages mm-hmm. dissolve, uh, sway us, distract us mm-hmm. from what we're really put on earth to do, which Ephesians 1 talks about it multiple times, to praise God, to glorify the name of Jesus Christ as we live out our lives. So I think it's huge, especially at the turn of the new year, to start focusing on you know choosing Jesus. And then again, mm-hmm. this, this, this verse that teaches us that really, he first chose us. We're not choosing him first. He first yeah. chose us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's where sometimes people get hung up on that he chose you. You know, receiving that first and mm-hmm. and really holding on to that truth that he chose me. He chose me. Um, so many times people are struggling with just their self worth or you know who who they are. And so if if we can't really grab a hold of that and ask God to help it take root in us, then it, it is so easy to be swayed mm-hmm. by other things and, and unsettled by other things that are going on in our world. So, um, yeah, it's, it's grabbing that, you yeah. know. Yeah, Jose, I loved what you said about just even just a lot of the sports analogies <laughs> this past Sunday and just the idea that we already made the team before we tried out and before Absolutely. there were any tryouts and just that idea that God chose us. Um, so many concepts I'm sure we're going to look at in this book are maybe things that people have heard before, and it's like, okay, I'm chosen. And yet, if they're like me, it's like, I'll take that maybe on a Sunday, but then by Monday, right. Tuesday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. I just start acting as if I'm not chosen. I just forget mm-hmm. that. And so what are maybe yeah. some ways that uh, hinder us and hinder y'all from even just being able to really live in light of that reality that, that you are chosen and just remembering that and then living as a result, result of that? 
Yeah, that's why these daily rhythms are really important. We talked about reading the Bible. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it could be a verse, it could be a book, or, or it could be 40 chapters, a chapter, mm-hmm. however, <laughs> however, whatever it takes to center in on God's word and be reminded of God's truth, that there's nothing that we can do to change God's love for us. There's nothing that we can do to earn it. It's all because of his mysterious, glorious grace that, that we are called sons and daughters, that we are loved. And if we miss that, um, it, it, it is really easy to start floating around and being tossed to and fro by the waves. We'll see that in Ephesians 4. Yeah. Um, and, and I love the last verse, um, or the second to last verse of Ephesians. I'm, I'm flipping to the end here at the beginning. Um, he talks about this guy named Tychius, or Ty... Ty, ty um, I need to figure it out before I preach on this at the end. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything that I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. So this guy showed up to the um, you know, the church in Ephesus, and he actually read this letter out loud. So many people didn't read back then. Mm. So you're talking about a, a preaching format. Someone is reading this word out loud, and it's also personal. He's telling them how they are. So he's saying, hey, Paul is doing, you know, all right, he's in prison, but but he's doing okay. He's holding on to, to, to the truth. You're not alone. We're in this together. And um, I'm reading this for the purpose to encourage you. So that's what God's word does. It encourages our hearts. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you guys, but I look around and there's not a lot of encouragement out there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm just so grateful that when I read God's word, um, I do receive encouragement. From, Absolutely. From yeah. Just, I was thinking about even just as an example, knowing where your weaknesses are, where you're prone to being, to forgetting that you're chosen, that you're loved, mm-hmm. um, knowing those things and then filling yourself with God's truth about them and just perfect love casts off fear. If, mm-hmm. if I'm prone towards worry and anxiety and fear, then um, I know when I'm headed that direction, I have departed from the truth of what God wants me to rest in, His peace. He is peace, the Prince of Peace. And so um, so that should alert me right away. Okay, let's fill my mind with the truth, not what where it's running on this particular thing, issue in my life. And, and so... Yeah filling myself up with the truth of what he says, so. Yeah, I think if anything, I would add just even taking inventory of what I'm receiving or taking in because I think about, uh, it's easy to blame the culture for you know a lot of different stuff, but I just do think about how mm-hmm. different this concept of being chosen, even the concept of unconditional love, like you don't, that, that does not exist in a secular yeah. or just mm-hmm. non-biblical uh, community. Like everything right. is you're trying to work Condition. to earn, mm-hmm. whether it's a spot on the team or a position in the company mm-hmm. or even just in relationships, yep. like just feeling like you have to strive Give for that. Take. And so I think just, uh, it is such a counter cultural, but just even against everything that the, how the world operates. And so I think for me, if I'm listening to the world and operating in that economy, then I'm going to immediately, you know, think of my relationship with God in the same way. And so I think, you know, reminding myself with scripture and just even surrounding myself with community that is trying to strive for the same set of standards as far as when it comes to mm-hmm. recognizing our identity is is so key. Yeah, so. praise God that he doesn't operate on cancel culture. Oh my <laughs> You goodness. know, 
Because yes. <laughs> I would have been canceled a long right. time ago. That's right. Yeah, even before we say a word, he knows our thoughts. Yes. So he'd cancel us yeah. and say, hey, I, I forget about what you said or what you posted. I know what you're thinking. I know the motive. And I love you. <laughs> That's and right. you're chosen. Instead of canceled. And, yeah. Oh, that could have been a good, that could have been a good, <laughs> good thing to add there. That could series. <laughs> chosen, not canceled. I could, <laughs> I could preach. No, that, that's so good. I think another thing, too, just in light of this is um, when I think of like, you know, you uh, introed the series, Jose, talking about love, incorruptible love. And we've done different series even in the past about loving each other and just the focus. And I know in the book, we're going to get to the last few chapters as it talks about that. But the first three really focus on our relationship with God. And so what does that look like as far as loving God? Like, what does it look like to love God in an incorruptible way? Because I think at least for me, I can I can think practically about, oh, I love my neighbor. Like, oh, I'll help mm-hmm. them out. But but what does it look like just to, to love God? And what does that actually look like in y'all's lives, just mm-hmm. even on a, on a day-to-day that's, basis? That's, that's a great question. Um, this is what comes to my mind as, as I was hearing you uh, say that the concept of, of praising God, of giving God the glory. We spent, um, you know, half of our time here on Sunday in our Sunday morning gathering, worshiping. We're singing songs out to Him. If you really look at that from a, a zoom out and say, okay, you go to church, you you sing, and then you listen to somebody talk mm-hmm. for for 25, 30 minutes. There's really no other place where you do that. At a concert, you're normally just listening to music, feeling good, and and then if you're going to a lecture, you're just listening to someone. But it's interesting that both are combined. And when we worship, we're lifting up the name of Jesus. We're speaking truth, the truth of his words, uh, out loud together. And there's something powerful when we do that, when we praise God. So that's a way that God wants to be loved. He he just wants to be praised. He, He wants us to recognize that that, that, that he is the author of all things, that he is uh, the, the one that has given us all of these blessings here on earth. And it's a simple way to just give mm-hmm. him thanks by, by praising him. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, praise God is a pretty churchy thing to say, but let's continue to say it and mean it. Mm-hmm. When something happens, good or bad, say, you know, praise God. Praise God, mm-hmm. um, and 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 that's something that transforms our hearts um, in a way that honors and and loves God. Mm. I was thinking about the uh, where were the tor- tornadoes recently? The horrible yeah. Yeah, destruction all, all in several yeah. states, yeah. and then fires in Colorado mm-hmm. that wiped out like six hundred homes and. You know, a lot of people are great at coming alongside and helping unbelievers Mm -hmm. in a community will still come alongside each other and help. The difference is is our God awareness that we're doing it as unto Him. Mm -hmm. And so um, we're we're serving from that place of love, and that's where that desire to give credit and glory to Him uh, comes because uh, I think mankind is— prone to come alongside and help each other. And that's that's good works. It's good. Yeah. But we want God to get the glory for it. it. We want Him, we want others to be attracted to Him because of what we're doing. You yeah, know? and it's interesting that you mention those circumstances because one of the 
tensions that I have felt the most in a recovery atmosphere. I'm thinking about mm-hmm. the flood. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about a couple hurricanes that, that we uh, sent teams to go help out with in Houston uh, in the last few years. Um, who gets the credit is, is it's almost like a, you know, you, you feel that tension in the air. You know, who, who's getting the credit here? Look at all the good that I'm doing or, mm-hmm. or look at this organization that's that's better organized and, and more effective and is changing more lives as a church. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be tempting to say, look at how awesome our church is doing. But if we, if we don't give God the credit, mm-hmm. we're in danger. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if you're a non-believer or a church. If you're saying, look at how awesome Cypress Creek Church is in X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. No, look at how awesome God is, and it's because he chose us that we're able to do all of these things. So that's huge. That is is so huge, and we can miss it. Mm -hmm. I think of the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. Super yeah. clear mm-hmm. example of man trying to make a name for their own selves, yeah. trying to bring fame and glory to humanity right. instead of the author of mm-hmm. all creation. And God in his kindness mm-hmm. confuses the people <laughs> because he knows you can't can't handle that type of right. thing. We're not God. Uh, we're, we're, cre- we're creatures. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I was about to say, just even the idea of, uh, exalting and giving God the credit requires a posture of humility that I know at mm. least I struggle with a lot because uh, I'm not going to give credit to someone if they didn't do it or if I didn't think that they did it. And so just mm-hmm. even acknowledging that it was not my will that made this accomplishment happen. It was not my talents or my abilities like that. It's it's just so hard because my flesh wants to be like, yeah, I, I want the credit. I want to, to uh, you know, reap the rewards of what I've done. And so I think just even that posture of no God, this is, this is all you, like this mm-hmm. is you at work. I think that's what stops yeah. me from truly giving God the credit because a lot of times I think, well, like, you know, mm-hmm. sure God helps, but like I was the main, you know, mm-hmm. the main one that made it happen. Mm-hmm. And so just even that mindset is, yeah. is so hard to maintain a lot of times. Another definition on incorruptible is is that it cannot be perverted or bribed. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when I move into wanting the pat on the back, I've been bribed. Wow. You know, I've been, I've been, I've let my the love that I, maybe I even intended to show uh, from God, I've let it be perverted to way to go, Rhonda, mm-hmm. and um, that it's it can happen so easy. Yeah. Our self motivations can just creep right in there and and taint what we're really. Our heart might have been pure to begin with, but. Yeah. yeah, this this may be a loaded question of itself, but I see both of y'all just practicing humility so well and not only the roles that you serve, but just personally, just outside, uh, just in your day-to-day lives. So how can we maybe just practically kind of put on that that cloak of humility and just have that posture that uh, just in the, whether it's a day-to-day, maybe there's some practices or disciplines that uh, maybe you catch yourself when you're beginning to go <laughs> down that road, uh, Rhonda, like you said, but what are some ways that we can just live uh, as more humble people, as we mm-hmm. seek to exalt God in, in everything. Well, I know I, I I grew up with a successful dad out in the world. I saw him succeed in, in many things, and and I always wanted to be successful. And um, I remember uh, earlier, just, you know, seven years ago, five years ago, I was called out a couple of times for being antsy and 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 for trying so hard to be successful. Mm-hmm. And in my time with the Lord, it's cool because this is what these verses are teaching us. We're already successful. We made the team. Mm-hmm. He's he's given us uh, a, a new identity. Mm-hmm. He, he's called us. 
his own. And so finding success in who God says that I am first before I do anything um, is paramount because mm-hmm. bottom line, there's a lot of successful people in the Bible. Um, and and there's, there's nothing wrong with success when we give God the credit and when, when we give God the glory. So just keeping that in line helps me. Um, and then when, when I recognize that, oh, this is you, Jose, trying to push this, mm-hmm. you know, forward. And, and when I look back and say, and, and hear God say, wait, or hear God say, stop, or hear God say, hey, this way, um, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the guarantee. That's the seal that we mm-hmm. all have, the promised Holy Spirit that, that has come to guide us and, and counsel us in every way. So it's, it, it's a process. I don't think we ever arrive, but yeah. I would say yeah. um, continue to give God the glory and listen to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, God awareness. God awareness and self-awareness. And um, I think some of the times that I feel the most fulfilled is when I'm walking away from something that the Lord blessed me and being a part of and nobody knows about Mm. it. No one. And I walk away from it and think, oh, that's just that feeling Mm. of being able to release it that God saw it. He knew, and then, you know, just releasing it to him is the best feeling in the world when we accomplish that. So, um, but God awareness and self-awareness, I think, are just huge for me. Yeah, Yeah, that's so good. I'm excited to just keep diving into this book. I I feel like Paul has so many, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so many truths, both in how we relate to God and relate to others. Kind of want to wrap up just with this question of, uh, we know that the order in which Paul wrote this was not by accident. And he starts this first, you know, the whole book, he starts the beginning of the book focused on just this identity piece, this idea that we're chosen and Mm -hmm. sealed in Christ. And uh, why do y'all think, I mean, it's impossible to get in his brain this side of heaven, but just to think about why that is so important. Before we get into how we relate to each other, how we relate as a church body together, uh, why is it so important to start just recognizing our identity and who Christ says we are? It's the foundation mm-hmm. of our faith. It's an individual call. He, he chose each of us, and then it's a collective call. We're, we're a part of a new family now. Um, but if we miss that, then, then we enter into the mindset that we have to earn, we have to do, we have to perform, we have to succeed in order, um, you know, in order to be a part of a family, a team, whatever. But no, we are chosen. And because we are chosen, then we, you know, follow Jesus, love one another, serve the poor, mm-hmm. uh, um, are aware of the needs around us. And that's the game changer. I would say it's the difference between a religion, trying to do all of these things so that God can be satisfied with us, um, to a relationship with God, mm-hmm. actually enjoying fellowship mm-hmm. with our creator and the one who redeemed and rescued us. And because of that joy, then we respond by becoming more like him and, mm-hmm. and, and showing who he is to those around us. Absolutely. Yeah. I think keeping the cross before me too is just that, that you know, he chose me and he died for me and he died for um, all of my choices, past present and future um, that depart from him. He he chose me for that. But um, when I keep the cross before me and the brutality of it, then my love for him just swells. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
there's, I can't do enough. I can't serve enough. I can't check off enough lists to compare to the eternity He blessed me with. And so it's, so then my service is like out of just love for what He did, period. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.